Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you with little secrets for your big breakthrough. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations with some of her favorite people who are talking about the issues that matter most to you. Overcoming Monday is a podcast designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. Now let's get started with an introduction to the episode. Hey, Shay. I'm so glad you are here with me today. Me too. We had such a good time with Zach and Ash. Mm -hmm. It was so good. So I just want to let our listeners know that today is a episode that you definitely want to listen to. We talked about millennials. Who was a millennial? What? How did they think? Pretty much we talked about the fact that we all some think a little bit like millennials, mm-hmm. but we talked about um, the importance of millennials in enjoying life, changing catastrophic thinking, um, learning how to process social media, and we talked about some of the heroes that we know who are millennials. Which was really good to mm-hmm. think through just all the accomplishments of people um, who are millennials that just have such a great heart for causes and are just very raw with how they feel. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of beauty in that. Yep. There's some successful millennials out there because mm-hmm. they're doing life in a different way and definitely worth respecting. So you guys are in for a treat. Definitely need to listen to this yeah. one. We have given you many things to overcome your Monday. So here we go. <laughs> Hello, Overcoming Monday friends. I am so excited. We have a good podcast for you today. I have my friends Zach and Ashley Dixon from Hopetown. You guys have heard from them before. You guys can say hi. Hey. Hello. Yep. And Shay Gardner, my really good friend who is also part of our Clayton King Ministries community. Hey, Shay. Hey, guys. Um, they are on the podcast with me today. Um, in case you haven't ever been on Overcoming Monday before or listened, um, Hope Town is a ministry, counseling ministry that Zach and Ash just started. And Shay is my friend. She's married to Josh Gardner and they have three kids. And she actually just started a cleaning business called uh, Fresh Start, correct? Yes, that's yes, correct. yes. Okay, sorry. It's so new. I I might actually forget the name of it. But I'm thankful to have some of my favorite people here um, talking about millennials. And actually, they all realized that they are all millennials and didn't know it. <laughs> so <laughs> this is going to be a fun conversation. Um, in case you don't know if you're a millennial or not, I, I've done some research and I just, I'm actually in the Gen X category. However, what I realized is that there are two different veins of thought as far as millennials are concerned. Um, some say it starts in the late 70s to the 2000s, and some say from like 1982 to 2000. Some say there are different um, veins of millennials, some are the young and the old. So, Basically, if you were born somewhere in the 80s or 90s, you are a millennial. Um, And so we're just going to kind of talk about some millennial characteristics that we love. And then since this is a podcast called Overcoming Monday, Little Secrets for Your Big Breakthrough, we're going to just talk about some things that millennials struggle with and maybe how we can help them overcome some of the things that they struggle with. And I say they because I'm, I guess, technically <laughs> not a millennial, but you guys are. So you have a good voice into that. Um, the weird thing as I've been doing my research is that some of these characteristics I actually resonate with a lot. Um, and I don't know if that's because I grew up in Atlanta, which sometimes when you grow up in a city, things hit sooner. So mm-hmm. possibly... Uh, that might um, I might vibe with it just because of that but some I don't so we're just going to have a conversation before we start this conversation I want you guys to get to know my guests a little bit in case you haven't listened to Overcoming Monday before Shay you just started this new business I kind of wanted you to just tell our listeners what made you start it what's this experience been like um, what's the biggest challenge for you and what you're doing? And just share a little bit about your heart and why you're doing this. Okay. So about a month and a half ago, 
Um, my husband and I have been working in Section 8 housing, just um, ministry, hanging out with our family there, and we saw two needs that coincided. We saw a need for apartments to be cleaned so families could move into them. There's a long waiting list of families who don't have a place to live until these places get clean and ready for them, and so we saw a need for that. And then we also saw a need for single moms and women who needed work. They needed jobs that paid more than minimum wage to help their families. And so it was the perfect storm of coming across people who needed cleaning done and needing women who needed work. And so one day my husband came home and said, Shay, we're starting a cleaning company. Hmm. And a month and a half later, I actually smell like Fabuloso right now because <laughs> I just came from cleaning. Um, but so it was Josh's been, idea? It was originally? Josh's idea. Okay. Yeah, he just had been talking to some property managers and had heard the same thing over and over again. Like, uh -huh. we need people to clean these houses. Some of them sit for months. Yeah. And there's a long waiting list. And so it just, in my mind, talking about millennials owning a cause, it wasn't okay that people didn't have a place to live, but yet there were these places that just weren't ready. Yeah. And also, in my mind, wasn't okay that these women were struggling so hard and couldn't mm -hmm. find work. And so to me, I was like, I can do something about that. I can't do something about everything, but I can provide work. That's so great. that's kind of how so it was his idea, but he was like, you started. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. <laughs> hey, I have a great idea for you, Shay. Yeah. I clean. He does all like the marketing. So he yeah. gets the business and then yeah. I run the business. And can yeah. I just can I just say that Shay, like you just do everything. Yeah. Oh, I, honestly, I've told Zach before. I just don't know how you do what you do. You're mm. a mom of three. Oh, thank and you. <laughs> you are so relational you minister constantly and you run a business so that's really props kind. to you yes. i also have a migraine a lot I'm just <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really but um it's kind of stressful sometimes but i feel like the reward is so great even mm. today one of the ladies that works for me um she gave me a huge hug and she said my family has noticed a huge difference number one since wow. we've been showing up praying for their community and mm. number two since having purpose with her days mm. and working and so she gave me and Leah a huge wow. hug today and was like, thank you so much for caring about us. And so That's amazing. that is worth it. Yeah. It's worth yeah. the stress. But I really appreciate you saying yes. that. Means yes. a lot. And you guys kind of started Hope Town with mm. a little bit of the same heart, working in ministry and seeing people who are hurting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And saying to yourself, look, there are people who are hurting within ministry. There are people who hurt in mm -hmm. general. Mm. We want to be a voice of help and encouragement in that place wouldn't you say that yeah i mean I, I, th I think it the genesis is similar is different in the sense that y'all shay um saw like an external need around you which is like mm. we can meet this you know for hope town it was a need that first met in me like i mm. needed hope town at one point in my life i needed counseling mm. um and and so but then after I got past it, after I went to counseling and got help from it, then I was, I started waking up and saying, wait a minute, there are a lot of other people, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, with mental health issues and just mm -hmm. feel stuck. And totally. if I got unstuck, I think I got something that, to offer yeah. that could help, you know, all these other people get unstuck. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Well, I have um, some fun opener questions. Um, can I start with you, Ash? Oh, Sure. If you were going to say three great qualities about you, what do you think and oh, that would oh, be, qualities. those things would be? About myself. Mm -hmm. Ooh, great That's qualities hard. about myself. Yeah. Oh, gosh. What if we flip this? What if I said... <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I want I want her so to... So hard about myself. I know. Or three, three things to best describe you. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. 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 That's good. So okay. I, th I think it'd be good. I like proclaiming things over ourselves. Mm. And I love I that too. Zach mm -hmm. does it too. So just... We yeah. want to celebrate with you. We're not okay. judging you. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you if you're right or not. <laughs> okay. I, I, have some, I have some words yes. that come to mind. I think um, one, one, the first one I think of is fierce. Mm, I think I'm... I agree. I just... And I'm learning to embrace it mm. and not shy away from it. I'm, I, I can be a little bit fierce sometimes, but I think I'm trying to channel that in a good way to fiercely mm. love people and to fiercely protect people and to honor them um, Ashley Fierce yes <laughs> Ashley Ashley Fierce um and the other one this might sound a little bit uh catty is a word I, I just really like to enjoy things um oh. that's not a descriptive word enjoyer of life <laughs> like enjoyer. I I love to 
like I was actually reading a lot things I was reading about millennials is that they prefer to enjoy Mm -hmm. experiences instead of owning things and that is me I would so much rather go sit in a park for two hours and drink a cup of coffee and talk and watch people and see animals you know just enjoy <laughs> yeah to see watch animals, animals. Like, uh, which animals, like squirrels? Which animals? <laughs> i mean i do i do love to watch animals in their natural my, li- my wife loves squirrels y'all <laughs> joseph had a heart attack on the way to school the other day because the squirrel decided it was just going to run into the road oh, yeah. and oh, no. there was absolutely nothing oh, no. i could do but he just looked at me like oh, yeah. i'm convinced you know? i'm convinced they're playing a game with us because it happens oh, so yeah. often yeah yeah. Sorry, Ash. And your third no, one. That's great. Your third one. Oh gosh, my third one. Oh. Um. Uh, on this, I might need help with the third one. I'm not totally sure what the last one would be. Well, we can move um, on to Zach. Okay. You said fierce. And then fierce enjoyer. experiencer. Enjoyer, experiencer. <laughs> experiencer. I like that. Yeah. And. I think you're intellectual. Oh. Okay. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do like to learn things. I think you're smart. You know what? You're a great conversation. I might. Thank you. People might not know this about me, and I'm okay with saying it. I love history. Like, I if you give me a good documentary, or like right now, my documentary I'm hooked on is The Kennedys on CNN. And I'm a five foot nothing, white blonde girl, and you might not know, but I you just. Give me a little bit of history to latch on to, yeah. and I will love it. When we travel, it. you're always wanting to stop and, like, read the plaques. And I'm like, yeah, this is so boring. <laughs> I love, <that>. I love <laughs> the plaques, together. too. We should all together. Yeah. Yes. I had a really hard time in the Holocaust Museum because it's like there's so much to read, and yeah. you're dead mm. by the time you leave emotionally because Seriously. I don't want to mm. skip anything. I want to know everyone's Every- story. Yes. Yes. So good. Yeah, I, I guess I get that when you're in the Holocaust, but we're like in a re- random park. <laughs> and she's like reading about the how the park was. And I'm like, what? <laughs> let's go. She's oh. like, okay. Zach, three things about you. Three things about myself that are I consider good qualities about myself. Um, I think that I'm caring. Mm-hmm. I think I care you about are. people. Um, I think I like to have fun. Like I love like laughter and doing fun things and um why is the third one so hard i I like to have fun um and i like i care and then i would say i i I, I would like to say that i'm dependable Mm -hmm. um i I feel like you're you know. a stand besider. Yeah. You stand yeah. beside people. Stand beside people. Like, oh, yeah. So good. I like that, Shari. Faithful. Faithful. That's Faithful. the word. So good. Faithful, you are yeah. such a faithful friend. You are. That's good. I mean, All right. Shay. Oh, my gosh. You guys are so wonderful. Go, Shay. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, I have a random one that's just funny that people don't know, really. Um, I'm a conspiracy theorist, <gasps> you guys. I know. Oh, I wow. always dive into, actually, when you brought up about Kennedys, it yeah. reminded me oh, that so I'm, many conspiracies. So many. So anyway, that's really funny. I wrote my freshman persuasive essay on how we didn't land on the moon, and I talked myself into it. <laughs> wow. I know, you guys. <laughs> what about the Earth so anyway, is flat? Are you one of those? I haven't dug okay. into that. I'm more... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of people so, there's that... so many i know so anyway oh. that's like super random but i think um i love that that's one of your, your great qualities <laughs> your conspiracy theorists <laughs> i know one like, thing i'm, I'm on the edge of- out there <laughs> someone asked me about shay i'll say well i know oh, she is a conspiracy theorist <laughs> i'm on the edge of my oh, seat like, and another next know. two now like, okay. what? no no that was just so random but then um let me think so I'm a truth speaker, mm-hmm. but I'm learning to speak the truth in love. Yeah. So that is something that I do, but it's not always beneficial. So I'm learning how to speak truth mm. with benefits. Yeah. That's good. Um, I would say also I'm very, and this could be good or bad, but competitive, mm-hmm. but almost like competitive to do better. Like always yeah. wanting yeah. to like. Accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like mm. you want to finish, you want to do well. Yes. Yeah. And so to me, um, it's funny because Josh is opposite. He's about the journey, but I'm about the end. Mm. Yeah. So I like meeting goals and finishing yeah. things. So in that way, I'm a finisher. Yeah. Of things. That's so. Sorry, what are your words? Yeah. yeah. Oh Tell's gosh, yours. my words. Um, mm, I think that I'm a learner. Like mm-hmm. I like to study myself. 
Um, I like to study things overall, but I like to study other people, not in a creepy way, but just in a, Mm -hmm. um, I like getting to know you. I want to be the person that Mm. helps you. Like, and I want to figure out why things aren't working with me if I Mm -hmm. come to a place. And that's why I'm doing this podcast overall. So I think, Mm -hmm. I think that's one. Um, I love that you're a learner because I know that you're also a teacher. That's what I was and so the fact that those two things go together is that really cool. would be handy to yeah. go hand in hand You can't be a teacher without being a learner. I love yeah. that. One thing I've learned about myself is, um, I didn't even know this term before, but I read somebody's blog and I was like, oh my gosh, that's totally me. But I'm an extroverted introvert. So mm-hmm. I, I, I used to be very confused because I love being around people mm-hmm. in college. Yeah. But then I just feel like I would hit this point of, I don't want to be around anyone. And mm-hmm. I just didn't understand that. Yeah. So I think for me, I love being around people, but then I need a break. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I need time alone. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I think I felt bad about needing that before. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that I learned that about myself. And um, the other thing that I've learned is I feel, I'm a feeler, but then I'm also very logical and those mm-hmm. things are very confusing. So yeah. I can make good decisions. No, I, I make good decisions on my own. But when I get around other people, I feel them all. And yeah. so all of what they want to do right. gets into my heart and I have a hard time making yeah. a decision. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Overcoming that. Mm-hmm. And like That is so millennial of you. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> See? Um, that, does, that describes you so well, just knowing you. Aww. Those things describe you. Yeah. Thank you. Like, I, I love to believe in my husband and I'll... And I feel everything he wants and everything my kids want. And so I go and do all those things. But then at the end of the day, I'm like, I haven't done anything for me. Yeah. Where did all my dreams go? Right. <laughs> so I, right. have to, I have to figure that out. I have to say yes to me, yeah. if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And so I have to pull myself aside, yep. <laughs> talk <Yep>. to myself. <laughs> yep. um, anyway, so it was great to hear all of these things from you. It's so cool to study, quote, millennials and then to hear some of the things that you guys say um as i was doing some research um what i learned about the millennial generation is that they will become the largest living generation outside the big baby boomers which is crazy so pretty much all y'all's kids are going to be like how are we going to support them when they're old (laughs) (laughs) which Um, makes sense you know the the fact of the matter is baby boomers are passing away Mm -hmm. and then the gen x you know we're only like living longer because of medical advances so Mm -hmm. like scientifically it makes sense or maybe gen x was like too many people around here we're not gonna have as many kids (laughs) um and then the next one america um has always been a melting pot and i love this i love this statistic but young people between 18 and 34 are the most racially diverse in u.s history so for comparison's sake baby boomers are 70 72 percent white and gen x is 61 percent white and um i think i left the last percentage off (laughs) the one that's so important but basically Y'all are more, um, or less white and more, more diverse. racially diverse, yes. which yes. I, I love that. Yeah. Um, millennials are delaying marriage and babies, um, take and taking time to find themselves in their twenties. Yeah, I saw the age. Was the age on that one? I read it. It was like the average age now for men's 29. Average age, t- uh, for, it says first marriage, but yeah. it is 27 for women, 29 for men, mm-hmm. Wow. which was my brother. My brother got yeah, married. Um, oh really? Yeah. Um, and then that's up from 20 for women and 23 for men in 1960. Oh yeah. Totally. Totally see that. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, by 2018 millennials would have the most spending power of any generation. And as I was looking there, the buy online, Mm -hmm. don't really go into stores, Mm -hmm. tons of online buying, comparing prices, bargain shoppers. Uh, that's the millennial. And 54% 54% either want to start a business mm. or have already started one. Wow. So here we are <laughs> in this room. You guys are <laughs> part of that. Um, and then the average tenure, and this is kind of sort of negative, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It says the average tenure, which means how long you stay at something mm-hmm. for millennials is, is two years mm-hmm. yeah. um, within an office environment. So as I was reading, mm-hmm. millennials don't like being in an office. They don't yeah. want to be in a cubicle. They want to work from yep. home. They want flexible hours. They want to do something they're passionate about. They would rather get paid less to do something that means mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. than to actually have a stable job and 
Um, But also sometimes they're tempted to work themselves up really fast and if they're not getting what they want they'll they'll jump over to something else and so that's it's hard out what i've read is it's very hard for the people that are of the older generations Mm -hmm. to figure out how to help millennials because they're so fly by night so like non-committal i'm not i'm not they're not committed to a certain business Mm -hmm. and so so the people who are in charge are like how much do i invest in these people who are only here for two years and then just want to skip out i don't want to spend all my time on people who so there's a lot of podcasts a lot of information for people that are in charge of businesses or companies trying to figure out how to motivate the millennial and how to mm-hmm. keep them. Wow. wow. And that's so that's really hard. And one thing that they've learned is that millennials want everyone to know who they are, yep. but they're not, they don't as much try to work to find out who the generation is above them hmm. and figure out how to work that's among the older generation. Wow. So like it's got to be reciprocal. Yeah. It's go both ways. Um, so those facts are interesting. Yeah. And as I was listening to you guys, some of the things that you see about yourselves, mm-hmm. I think is very millennial. But yeah. I think those are great. Um, so this is how the stats describe millennials. But I want to talk about some qualities that you guys appreciate. And we've already talked about things that you appreciate in yourselves. But when you're thinking about the people around you, your friends pretty much because you guys mm-hmm. are millennials. What are some qualities that you see that you appreciate within, if we want to, we can talk about older generation mm-hmm. millennials or younger, either mm-hmm. one. What are some great qualities you guys have noticed in the people around you? Yeah. I feel like for me, the one that you mentioned, the stat about being the most racially diverse, mm. because of that, I see a lot of people in my generation, or it seems like my people, I know there's people younger and there's people older, um, but it really seems like the millennial generation really cares about equality, mm-hmm. um, just as a more as a collective whole. And I know not everybody does. Um, and again, there are some in different generations that do. But I, I just think because we as millennials did grow up in more of a diverse um, community population at school, work, work, wherever that is, um, I see a lot of my generation really standing up for um, equality, whether that be race or gender um, and whatnot. And so um, I really love that about um, my generation. Like Mm -hmm. they seem to, and I think that overwhelms a lot of millennials a lot of times as well. So it can be a negative, you know, mm-hmm. because there's always some type of injustice happening mm-hmm. in the world and around the world. Um, but I love, I feel like that my generation and the people that I'm around care about those things. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Yeah. And I, I'm, I back to kind of one of the qualities that I said about myself is, um, the appreciation for experience over mm-hmm. ownership um, the fact that it's okay if we might not own, you know, for some people it's not owning a home and choosing to rent to have the ability to do something else. Or it's just, it's choosing to save for the trip over saving for some type of possession. And I think I love, I love seeing that value in millennials to go and experience another country, experience another culture, um, experience the world that God gave us. It's so amazing. I love that millennials mm-hmm. value that. One thing that I really appreciate about millennials, and this kind of goes into your line of work and the ministry that you guys do, um, I feel like millennials are more open to not be okay, hmm. yeah. to yeah. recognize yeah, that. Good. And I, I see that in myself, and I've had conversation even with my parents where thought or view of counseling or getting help or seeing weakness is harder for them. Sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening, (laughs) but it's just true. But um, more likely for millennials to be able to say and be honest with themselves about things that they're feeling or thinking. And sometimes in the articles I was reading, it talked about how it's not great emotional regulation Mm, sometimes. Right, right. right. But I feel like there's almost a raw honesty that Mm -hmm. comes with being a millennial Mm -hmm. where we can say the things that we really see in ourselves and seek help Mm -hmm. for that. And so I really value almost like the rawness mm-hmm. of yeah, our generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's kind of, it's so weird. I, I feel like I'm sitting here with y'all, but I don't totally don't feel Gen X because <laughs> when I well, was, you're young at heart, like I yeah, really yeah, think like there's a, there's this very young spirit about you. Mm-hmm. Like 
you know, so I could totally see you relating more mm-hmm. to this just because yeah. you're not, I don't, I don't pick, I don't put you in the Gen X just yeah. based on your personality mm-hmm. and stuff. Plus I'm on the low end and you can't, right. um, some of the podcasts I was listening to, it was, it said, I see some millennials act more like Gen X and Gen X act more yeah. like millennials. And yeah. I think you can't, and that's part of this podcast is you can't just say just because I'm yeah right a millennial, I'm going to act like this. You or can't just, just stereotype every exactly. single person into one of these categories. Yeah. But I think growing up, one thing that I did not like about the church right after I became a Christian was feeling like this facade of everything's okay Mm -hmm. because I thought every when I first got saved I looked at everybody and I I thought everyone around me is so perfect oh my gosh I can be like that one day but then I started not seeing their perfect and it made me mad yeah and I thought why are we acting perfect when we're not Mm -hmm. and when scripture says we're not and why are we faking it and Mm -hmm. so I think that part of my ministry in general, like toward people mm. has just been more, who are you? Let's not play games. Yeah. Right. Let's talk about who we are because if we don't know who we are, we really don't know how to change and mm-hmm. become more like Jesus. Mm. Because if we just think we're like Jesus and we're acting like we are and we're whitewashed tombs, then mm-hmm. we're not really looking at that inside. And so I think that that is, one thing that I shared too, one thing that they said is the progression of Gen X. Gen X is supposed to be a little bit more like jaded and hate the world. And then millennials mm-hmm. are more like love the world, got to save everybody. You right, know? right, right. And so um, I think I had some jaded in me, but I think it was more like past hurts. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, um, if you guys were going to choose some millennials that you look at, um, whether popular or whether friends, mm-hmm. um, who you really respect, um, why don't we, I want to spend a few minutes just talking about millennials that we like, who mm-hmm. have made a difference in our lives or that we've noticed make a difference in the life of others and just talk about their accomplishments. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny that you're asking this question today because just last night we watched a documentary on Malala and TV show. Uh, um, Doc, not a documentary, but well, it, yeah, it felt like a documentary. It was it's, sorry. it's the new Larry King Netflix special where he interviews David Letterman. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not say Larry King. Can we delete that? I'm sorry, no, sorry, no, no, David no. Letterman. I meant David Imperfection. Letterman. My David Letterman's is, new Netflix TV yes, show. Thank you, thank you. Um, I would butcher her last name, but um, Yusafzai Malala Yusafzai. All you have to do is Google Malala. She's amazing. Um, she is definitely millennial. She's in college right now. And uh, if you don't know her story, it is very worth looking up. But she was um, basically targeted by um, the Taliban for receiving an education as a girl and speaking out about it. And she was shot in the in the face and did not die. And it only spurred her on more to champion girls and women in education. Mm-hmm. And she's Love just that. amazing. And mm-hmm. she's like, what? What was she like? 19 or 20 mm-hmm. i mean it's just crazy it's crazy yeah. yeah so love her yeah uh same vein we're not trying to sound like i guess we sound holier than now sometimes with because i'm <laughs> well, gonna say i also wrote down other names jeremy that, courtney that uh of preemptive love who is doing incredible things for again equal rights and the the you know the forgotten um you can check you can google preemptive love jeremy courtney um but i i even like i sort of respect i know he's at this point in the recording at this uh time i know he was just in front of congress but even like guys like mark zuckerberg like Mm -hmm. you know who had a crazy dream and went about it in a different way and Mm -hmm. um and now look at it you know i'm not Mm -hmm. saying all his motives were were great or right or whatever but um i just i really i really um look up to and value others that you know could have went and got some type of job and when because i forget what school he was going to i've seen the facebook movie uh, but anyway but Harvard? No, some ivy league school yeah. yeah but he didn't he went mm-hmm. about it a different way really wanted to connect people and had an idea and and went for it you know and so he he, he arguably might be one of the i mean the greatest millennial of, of all time as far as like success creating and, and, yeah mm-hmm. i also yeah. just wrote down demi lovato and um just for that pop pop culture reference demi lovato Demi Lovato, because she's an amazing singer, but she also has really championed um, mental health issues and mm-hmm. had, you know, struggled and um, kind of what you were saying, Shane, like, and, and Shari, making it okay to not be okay and seeking mm-hmm. help. She's really spoken out about that and used her platform. 
Yeah. Someone that came to mind just, I think, kindred spirit, just having a heart for internationals and just really um, having a heart for orphans is Katie Majors, who um, wrote the book Kisses from Katie. And when she was 18, went to Uganda, fell in love, and just really saw a cause and a need for children that were abandoned, malnourished, just needed help in every area. And so she ended up adopting 13 girls. So she had 13 as a single woman in her early 20s at that point. Um, She's married now and she runs an international organization, but it was just inspiring to think of, she was so young and I think people probably told her she was crazy, but she just loved so hard Yeah, and just beautiful. That's very selfless. Yeah. One more, your husband appreciate this, Shari. LeBron James. Um, <laughs> yeah. I forgot he's a millennial. He seems so much older, but he's well, a, he's yeah, my age, is. which is crazy. Yeah. Jacob might appreciate it more. Yeah, yeah. Jacob definitely would appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, LeBron James, though, really, though, if you think about coming from high school and all the hype, what he's lived up to, you know, I know people debate whether he'll be the greatest, but but not only that, I tell people he's a he's a obviously a black man, but who's is present father, um, a loving husband. I know because I've I follow him on Instagram, even though I know social media and all that stuff doesn't show everything, but mm-hmm. he just seems like a good dude, mm-hmm. really successful, obviously has lived up to the hype and more as far as his sport, but yeah, yeah. LeBron James. And there's so many, I'm like, I know. So many. But something funny about these millennials too, all these names we're saying, is I feel like you can think of, you can think of maybe some really not so great stuff that these people have, mm-hmm. you know, maybe done in, in in front of everyone and because they're famous and, or, and then really great things that they've done, but like taking the good with the bad, mm-hmm. you know, um, the dark with the light, like yeah. there's, you know, there's a little bit of both in all of us. <laughs> we'll be back in just a moment, but first let's check in with Elizabeth Harper, our in-house beauty expert for some top trends and your weekly dose of practical advice. Hey everybody, welcome to season three of Tips and Tricks. And this season I'm going over tips from Shari's book, I Love You More Except When I Don't, Fighting to Keep Jesus First. Um, And this chapter that I'm going over is chapter three, I Love You More than my perfection. Um, When I was younger, I literally used to pray that God would make me perfect. If I was just perfect, then none of the things um, that I had been doing, I would continue to do and life would be easier and I could make everybody happy. So as I read this chapter, um, I received a lot of revelation and a lot of freedom. And I really hope that you're able to get this book in your hands and experience it as well. So the tips that I have from this chapter are very personal for me, um, and I just can't say enough about how wonderful it is. Um, So number one, I love this, God is in love with you, not your perfect behavior. How freeing and wonderful is that? Remember, he is in love with you, not your perfect behavior. Number two, remember God's desire is to always bring us back to him. So being perfect on our own does not uh, does not unite us with the Lord it's our imperfections that cause us to need him and draw us to him he will always want to bring us back to him number three he will work with whatever you're willing to put in his hands he can work with whatever it doesn't matter you don't have to bring him something perfect and then say hey can you work on this that doesn't really make sense does it No, bring him whatever and he will work with it. Um, Number four, root your identity in Christ so he can become, so we can become who he has created for us to be instead of what we think he wants us to do. How many of us do that? I am guilty of trying to do what it is that I think God wants instead of just giving him whatever it is and asking him to perfect it, to work that perfection in me. Um, I just, I absolutely love that. And remember this, number five, we are imperfect, but can be perfectly used by him. He doesn't need us to be perfect. He just needs us to be willing. He loves you. He loves and has a purpose for you. And he has created that purpose for you. And he just wants us to give him all that we've got. Have a great day, everybody. 
So I want to shift it a little bit to the whole um, counseling perspective because I wanted to talk about the things that we love about millennials because I don't want it to be yeah. just, oh, here's some It'll qualities that, yeah. yeah. Mm. And that's not it at all. Every generation has its negatives. I already said Gen X is a little jaded, so here we are. Um, but all that to say, um, some of the things that I have two articles here, one is called um, Mental Health Issues and College Age and College um, age millennials and also the six things millennials bring up in uh, most therapy sessions mm. so um, Zach sent me the therapy one which I think is great but um, one of the first things that they were saying in the mental health issues in college age millennials is that um, it's hard for millennials to step away from their parents and there's a few there's a few reasons for that. Even in the the article that you gave me, Zach, the other one, it says that they have a hard time saying no to parents. Mm. I feel like I have a hard time saying no to my mom. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. all that to say, um, th- this article says, step away from the helicopters. And the helicopters would be the hovering parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and so learning how to step away from a hovering parent while the, the parent's trying to help. And honestly, for millennials, parents have a lot to worry about because college debt's out the, right. out the roof. Right. Um, and then choosing jobs is hard, they say, overall for millennials because there's so many options. Mm-hmm. So all that to say, wh- what would you say for um the cliff notes of this um, talk was basically it said, thank your parents for all the wonderful things they've done for you. And then kindly ask them to step back so you can focus <laughs> mm-hmm. on forging your own identity, even if this includes failing, mm-hmm. which I think is hard for real. Yeah, yeah. It's hard for a parent to step back. To watch, I don't want my child yeah. to fail. But mm-hmm. also it's hard as a child to step out and when you have the safety net. Right. Of a parent. Right. So what would your you guys' advice be to a millennial? Because I know you guys have all stepped out, right? So yes. what are some what are some things that you could say to that timid millennial that's like, oh mm. my gosh, what am I doing? Yeah. 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 You go. You yeah. Go? <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I see this a lot. I mean, say, saying no is so difficult. And I do. There's so many expectations from people like our parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I love this quote. Uh, Warren Buffett says, um, I think it's Warren Buffett. Um, fact check, Tucker. Um, you don't have to. Um, the, the difference between really successful people and successful people is really successful people say no to almost everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I try to ingrain that in the millennials that I see. In, in therapy, this is why it's so interesting, is most of my clients are millennials. Mm-hmm. You know, and that might be because I'm one, but... I would say at least, over, yeah, over half of your clients yeah, are millennials. probably 80%. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I try to ingrain in them just the, the freedom to say no. And so we might practice mm-hmm. saying no to one simple thing. Like, you know, we might try to think of an example coming up that stresses them out because you know, maybe it's, you know, their parents wanting to invite the family over on a Sunday afternoon and they got schoolwork or they got this, you know, other plans. And so we practice just that conversation or what it, going through the process kind of role play of saying no. Mm, um, so good. And, 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 and the, the freedom they experience from that, I think they really enjoy and they really get a lot from. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I, it is sometimes it feels bad, but I really do think that saying no has given us so much freedom. Mm-hmm. It's not you don't you don't say no to everything, but you just want to say yes to the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see, and so we we do uh, in therapy at least we do a lot of role play um, mm-hmm. when it comes to just teaching them how to say no, like literally how to literally say no, say no yeah. <laughs> um, in conversations, so that they can say yes to the right things and give themselves the things that really you know, get their blood flowing. Mm-hmm. So I had a mentor who recognized my yes, people pleasing tendencies mm-hmm. in my mid twenties. And he, um, he had me do this exercise where for a month I had to say no to everything. Wow. Mm-hmm. And he said, you can always go back and say yes yeah, later, yeah. but your right. initial no answer first. will be no yeah. for a month. Yeah. Wow. And it was so hard, but mm. I will say that it was so freeing. Yeah. And I think That's I a found a part of my voice in that mm. and was able Definitely. to say yes. It's empowering. To it yeah. is empowering mm-hmm. and it's yeah. freeing. And so now 
I still love to say yes, but yeah. I definitely can say yes to the best yeah. thing. Or I try to everything. tell them too, like, you don't have to say yes right now, but just say something like, hey, I'm going to think about this. Yes. I'll come back to you later, maybe next week, maybe tomorrow, but you don't have to to, you know, I know some people get that you, in Facebook. On Facebook, they used to have like the events of like yes, no, or maybe. Or maybe. You know, <laughs> always the, maybe. Yes, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that's okay too. Like mm-hmm. you know, if it's not, if you, you can't just say no, say I can't answer right now, but I'll come back to you. That's so funny because when Jacob was little, he would ask me a question, and if I I said I'm not sure or maybe, he took it as a yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I I realized that. Because he'd say, Mom, you said blah, blah, blah. And I, you commit, basically, yeah. he's saying, You committed to this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, No, I did no. not. I said, yeah. Maybe. So I very soon had to learn with him that I had to say, I'm saying, I'm either going to say no to you right now, or you're going to understand I'm saying, Maybe I'll consider it and give you my answer later. Yeah. So would you rather me say yes? Yeah. Or do you want to wait for my answer? <laughs> Side note, some of my favorite stories are Shari and Jacob's stories. Yes, I know, right? Um, here's another thing that I'd love to move on, um, move on toward, because I feel like I've had to learn this, and I've seen this in a lot of millennials, but it says um, in this article, learning to rewire your happiness template. Yeah. And it was just talking about contrary to popular belief, happiness is not necessarily driven by pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says, celebrate the fact that you're young, healthy, smart, vibrant, and creative. Reaching out to others in need helps put life in perspective and just uh, practicing gratitude. And so mm-hmm. I think that that's that, um, even though there's that, completely raw like i'm in touch with my emotions sometimes that being in touch with your emotion can turn into like depression anxiety Mm -hmm. moodiness Mm -hmm. and so learning how to control that moodiness and and choosing your Mm -hmm. like what makes me happy Mm -hmm. happy doesn't necessarily mean mean happy it might just be that you're experiencing something super high right then and Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that you're you're happy and one of the things that the article that you sent me mm-hmm. I keep forgetting what this article is called um it's but some of the Huff, huffington post yeah know. huffington post it says um that one of the things millennials feel is helpless about all that's going on in the world mm-hmm. and so i think mm-hmm. that that can be overwhelming because social media is bringing so everything. much negative in all day long you see it all yeah, yeah so social media brings in negative it brings all the problems of the world mm-hmm. we know everything going on everywhere yeah, every yeah. not just not just the newspaper. Like mm-hmm. we get it from every mm-hmm. angle that we, we know everything our friends are going through, whether happy or sad, yeah. we can compare. We know our friends are eating dinner. In yes. <laughs> or we feel left out. So there's so many emotions to filter through. Mm-hmm. So I think that this is really great. Rewiring your happiness template. Um, template, I think is really the right, I don't Either. know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but figuring out like how to celebrate you, like just a day, just a normal day. Can we just, celebrate the things in a day instead of always striving toward saving the world or making a huge difference or having that ultimate experience like you're talking about. I think it's great to have the ultimate Mm -hmm. experience, but I think everyday life can bring you joy too. Yes. And I think sometimes we lose that. So yeah, for sure. Let's talk about that. I think I realized part of that in my ambition as like a teenager into my early twenties was my heart was so strong and set and passionate on living overseas and then i got overseas and i realized that my life looked very much Mm. the same yeah that i did laundry that i cooked that i went grocery shopping that i was tired that sometimes i was sick and as much as i was doing the thing that i just felt would bring me so much joy i actually had to learn to find joy in the small things Mm. because every day wasn't seeing the masses come to jesus every day wasn't i mean no day was actually and so that was a huge lesson for me as a 23 year old to step into finding the presence of god my joy and my just my purpose in the normal things Mm -hmm. And that was a great lesson to learn. And I struggled with that at first because I felt like I've left my family. I've done this huge thing. I'm out here serving Jesus. And like, I should be seeing all these things happen. And then when I didn't, I I had an identity crisis Mm. because I was like, wait a second. It's 
the littler things. And there was a quote that really stuck out to me and it was, do for one what you wish you could do for many. Mm. And so yeah. in that, I was able to own my neighbor yeah. and like love her well mm-hmm. and learn how to see things yeah, more simpler, good. I mm-hmm. feel like. That's yeah. really what that taught me. Yeah, I think there are so many, so many good things about social media. For every bad thing, I think there's a good thing. But I do think that this is where there's just like, especially millennials have literally grown up in this, mm-hmm. in a different age of technology than has ever existed. I yeah. mean, I, I, the TV I, is a friend to and a I'm, kid. Mm-hmm. I'm on the cusp, I guess, of, yeah. of millennials, but I can remember when the internet was invented, like by Same. Al Gore, right? Just kidding. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's the whole, that was, that used to be a debate that if he invented the internet. Anyway, that's <laughs> maybe how <old> I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is a joke, Ash. I yeah. got it. Yeah. Okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, did date myself. But then these younger millennials, you know, they literally have not grown up without not the existence of yeah. social media. And yep. so anyway, I just think it's such a disservice when, you know, you're flipping through Insta stories or whatever and you're seeing everybody's best day ever and you're not yeah. having mm. the best day ever. And, or, you know, like, can we just not think in Insta story mode all the time? Can we just, like, have an experience without having to show other people yeah. i don't know it's and i almost think that is what sucks the happiness out of our experiences is because it's so easy to compare experiences through mm. social media yeah yeah I, and i go back and forth on this too like and i but i do see a lot of millennials that just don't know how to stop like they just don't know how to stop like you said and enjoy have a moment of gratitude it's always got to be doing something you know mm. constantly uh i, I always uh, go back to um, uh, a book called, I forget the author now, but it's called Amusing Ourselves to Death. And he talks about mm-hmm. these two guys, George or- Orwald, um, Orwell, and Aldous Huxley. Um, and I actually wrote down one of the quotes. Uh, uh, George or- Orwell, Orwell um, thought he was concerned about in the future, this was in the past, he was mm-hmm. con- concerned about in our day, people being controlled by um by pain or somebody inflicting pain on us. But Huxley um, uh, saw people one day being controlled by inflicting pleasure. Um, Orwell feared that what we fear will ruin us. Um, Huxley feared that our desire will ruin us. Wow. Um, which I, I found that just, mm, and, yeah. and he goes, he said that Americans, this author said Americans no longer talk to each other. They entertain each other. Mm-hmm. Um, they do not exchange ideas. They exchange images. Mm. They do not argue with propositions. They argue with good looks, celebrities and commercials. Um, and so I, I, I feel like, and this is what Ashley, like Ashley said, a kid, it, it, they're immediately in this world. Um, and, and I feel like, so it's not necessarily like, Kids aren't just going and millennials aren't just going and doing crazy bad things, but it's just this constant need for entertainment, mm-hmm. to be entertained, to, to always have pleasure, always be comparing. Comparing is so deadly. Or a um, smile on your face. Yeah, a smile yeah. on your face. Yeah. Like instead of just stopping and being okay, like resting in the pain. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, everything is not okay. The world is not okay. It's okay to stop and think about that. And mm-hmm. honestly, like in therapy, with especially with millennials, I feel like part of my biggest job is to teach them how to think yeah. how to just think and process because mm-hmm. um because when when you're so ingrained in entertainment and always being on the go you don't know how because think. somebody yeah, honestly yeah. is thinking for you yeah. Yeah. like even the christians that i know and this is going into a soapbox anytime i start talking fast you know it's a soapbox but <laughs> but even the christians i know um i, I don't come into and i have to be careful my this my, with myself with this it's not very uh they're not ever there's no no uh you know, like personal thought, it's always what they hear from a podcast or mm-hmm. what they hear from a su- Sunday message or right. whatever. Because they, it's almost like they just don't know how to think for themselves. No critical thinking. No, crit- right. that's I, it. Right. Critical I heard thinking. It, I heard that from someone the other day. It, um, he said, one thing that I've learned about millennials is that if they hear it from someone and it feels true to them, it all of a sudden becomes a fact. Yes. Right. And he right. said, but facts, you can't, you can't choose your, like you can't, mm-hmm. um, you can choose what you believe, but you can't choose what is fact. Yeah, right. definitely. And he said, so when you were talking about critical thinking, critical thinking needs to be when you hear someone say something, you need to know who said it and where they get it from. Mm. You need to ask those questions instead yeah. of just saying, is it true to me? Mm-hmm. I heard it. It's true to me. It's truth. Mm-hmm. Right. It's I heard it. Who said it and where they get it? Right. right. And then is it 
true. Yes. And so um, on that on that line of thinking, I know that we have we don't have a lot of time left, but there's one more thing that I would love to talk about. And I just want to say this really quick. Here's the thing. We're li- all living in this culture, every generation. Yeah, now. But yeah. here's what I think the gem is for people. And, and I, you know, I used to always hate to hear, well, I used to walk in the snow, but school both ways. <laughs> you know, I, I get that. But here's what I can say. I can remember not growing up with social media mm-hmm. with a phone. Yeah. I remember that. And there's value to that. Yeah. Definitely. And so for sure. when you say... I don't know what it was like to, you know, not be entertained or to mm-hmm. not. I do. Yeah. And so that gener- you have my generation offer. will will go away, but there will be a generation that didn't know that. And mm-hmm. so there's something to learn from that. Definitely. You know, Definitely. I, I mean, I remember sure. my mom developed the flat screen for IBM. I remember her coming home with a monitor and she told me to touch it because it was going to do something. And I'm like, that monitor's what? not going to do anything. It's just a screen saying what that computer down there is about to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And I touched it and it moved. And I was mm. like, oh my gosh, I sound so ancient right now. But for real, <laughs> she developed that. And I remember that. And so there are things that I can I can remember not having mm-hmm. that constant entertainment. My grandma saying, go outside and play in the woods. Right. And I'm out. like, I don't want to play in the woods. It's right. sweaty out there, you know, whatever. But um Another thing that I think that I've read that um, millennials struggle with is differentiating between problems and catastrophes. Mm. And the reason that I wanted to um, read this is because you were talking about thoughts. And we all are in this, like, reform your thoughts, have a healthy mind. But it says, reframing maladaptive thoughts is the key to changing the anxious response. Unhealthy thoughts lead to unhealthy feelings, which lead to unhealthy behaviors. Mm -hmm. The good news is that you can control your thoughts so they don't manage you. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, it talks about rewiring your thought process and letting you think rationally through overwhelming emotions. Mm Kind of like what we just talked about. Mm -hmm. Facts can't be changed by what you feel. You know, like beliefs and belief systems are formed, but facts are solid. Mm-hmm. So when someone says something, who said it and where did it come right. from? So that's kind of, who said this negative thing to me? Or what did I see on social media? Is it true? Is it not mm-hmm. true? Instead of just digesting yeah. it all, I think is kind of where we come to a culture where it's unhealthy. So let's just take a minute to respond to that. And I want to hear what you guys have to say. Yeah. Well, I love one of our, you know, a scripture that we live by um, is Second Corinthians ten five take every thought captive and make it obedient unto Christ, and it's we are so bad at letting thoughts just roll around in our head and not mm-hmm. even, you know, the scientific word metacognition. We don't think about our thinking, and we have to be better at, you know. So a thought comes through, we see an image, you know, whatever. Some of our friends are eating out without us, and we see that on, on Instagram. You know, what thought pops in your head and are you just letting it roll around, you know, oh, they hate me and, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. or are we catching it, stopping it? Like you're saying, who said it? Where did it come from? Is there any fact, you know, do my friends actually hate me? Is that factual? You know, like Mm. letting, thinking about our thinking and stopping it before it becomes catastrophic. Definitely. Because, you know, our minds can make it become that if we allow it. And so many times we allow that. I was told Mm -hmm. by a counselor before um, that I have catastrophic thinking. <laughs> so <laughs> so many people do. There no. I am. Yeah. Mm. And so it was actually when I first got married, this is going to sound ridiculous, but Josh left a banana peel out on the counter. It wouldn't be catastrophic or it wouldn't be ridiculous if it wasn't catastrophic, right? It's true. <laughs> yeah. It's very ridiculous. So he left a banana peel out and all of a sudden my brain went like down this path and then all I was so angry and mm-hmm. he came home and got the wrath of Shay. I won't wow. even go into what all that looked like, but he was like, over a banana peel but in my mind that banana peel said so so many more things and so I went to counseling and talked to a counselor and he was like wow Shay and so he talked me through it but and you can tell me if you think this is good or not because this is kind of what I tell people who think similar to me (laughs) is um to take it all the way to the end yeah and so he had me talk through okay so he left a banana peel on the counter so what's your next thought Mm -hmm. right and then I'm like I'm gonna be picking up after him he's irresponsible what's your next thought well if he's irresponsible can we ever have kids will he be Mm -hmm. responsible for them and if we can't ever have kids then will we ever go overseas will we ever live out our passion and so by the end of the banana peel 
we were never going overseas. Right. We were never having right. children, and I was going to be cleaning up after him yeah. all the time. Yeah. And so the counselor's like, "Is any of that is it true?" true? <laughs> And so here we are, three kids and loving yeah. missions and wanting to go overseas. And so, no, it wasn't. But in that moment, it was. Yeah. yeah. And so I learned to take it to the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have to do that for myself mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's good wisdom or not. I think it's great. <laughs> I think I give two thumbs up to that counselor. Okay. <laughs> I think, obviously, this is definitely a part of our world, and especially in therapy. Different people have different uh, counseling theories. But for us, we really... In treatment, we use CBT, which stands mm. for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. Mm. And so, um, it, which is basically the concept of you can reframe your thinking, which, mm. and all you were saying, Shari, that how it does, thinking does affect our feelings and our actions, behavior. That's very much Romans 12, Paul, mm. be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will. So all these yes. millennials, for instance, that want to know what the note, what God's will is for their life, and all this stuff, like, starts in your mind, you know, mm. transformates, let it happen in your mind. And then the other stuff will, will, will come. And so, but, and so in cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, if you don't know it, I'm nerding out here a little bit. Um, your brain is full of electricity. And so your thoughts are a la- actual electricity, um, going around in your brain. Mm. And so the idea through CBT is that if there is a faulty, catastrophic um, electrical signal that is constantly being Hmm. um, thrown around in your head, the idea is that you can rewire that electrical signal. Hmm. Just like you could rewire lights in a house, um, you can rewire the electricity Hmm. um, in your brain through uh, healthy thinking. That's so good. And so if I can, Shara, give like, I I actually gave y'all's coaching network, which was awesome. three questions that I, if, if so if you're listening to this and you're like all right how do i do that me and ashley use three questions and we walk this through this with our clients a lot too um, and each other we like and each use other, this yeah. in our house all the time so the three three questions real quick are one is what am i trying to what am i trying to predict because usually the banana peel example there's a prediction that is trying to be made a fear a fear yeah 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 um, second question, is there any evidence to prove that prediction true? Because I want my life to be grounded in reality. Like I want to be grounded in, um, truth. Mm-hmm. And so I want the truth to dictate, um, my behaviors, my, my thinking, my feelings. And so is there any evidence to prove that prediction that I'm making to be true? Mm-hmm. And most of the time it is no, right. uh, most of the time, almost all the time it is no. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I do think it's healthy, uh, to the third question that we asked, like, what's the worst case scenario? Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, let's say, you know, in that, in that case scenario, the, what was the end fear? It was like, yeah, we wouldn't go overseas. We wouldn't mm-hmm. allow our life passion. Right. So you, so the worst case scenario is that you wouldn't go overseas, mm-hmm. you know, like, guess what? You live, right. you know, and we're not overseas right now. You're not now. overseas we're doing right now. <laughs> you're not overseas right now. You have a great ministry in this yeah. cleaning business, which is doing great things. And look at what, so even the worst case scenario, you win. It's true. You know? And so oh, that's so good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> she's feeling she's You're very calm. <laughs> right. So, yeah, those are three questions that yeah. like mm-hmm. I would tell if there's a millennial listen or not even millennial because everybody like Shari mm-hmm. said yes. struggles with this. Like mm-hmm. just you know, those are three ways because the, the, the I understand there's so many options and there's so many you know ways that we compare one ourselves to each other and we mm-hmm. get so crazy in our thinking sometimes and it feels like our mind is all over the place. Um, but so I just use it. We use those three questions a lot again with our clients, with each other. If you need just, just, just to stop. Um, and if you want to know how to think, those are just quick three questions. So man, Zach gave us the gems for the end of this mm-hmm. uh, podcast episode. And I want to, I want to leave this podcast episode on a little bit of a funny note. So uh, my family went to go see Brian Regan this week and yeah. he has got so many fun uh, routines. But as we were doing this podcast, I thought about the one where he goes to the hospital and he drives in the emergency room and he's hurting some, some kind of stomach issue. Right. Mm-hmm. And the nurse comes in and says, um, how would you rate your <laughs> yeah, pain your scale. <laughs> on a scale of one to 10? Yeah, oh and yeah. he's like, man, I want to say 10, but I've heard the worst pain in the world is like breaking femur. your femur. Yeah. Yeah. And then he starts like walking around like, I can't say 10. Yeah. The guy with the femur is going to come in here and beat me up if yeah, I say 10. And then right. he's like, I kind of want to say nine, but I mean, what about childbirth? Pregnancy, yeah, childbirth. <laughs> right. And he was like, so I'm thinking about saying eight, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't really know what to do because what if a pregnant woman who's broken her femur is in, <laughs> in the room next door? I can't really say any of this. And so um, he was just making jokes about the fact that here he is in this emergency room and he, he has a stomach 
problem and mm. he definitely wants help <laughs> but it's probably not a catastrophe right yeah. it's, it's a it's a pain and he needs help and he's in the er but um a pregnant lady with a femur would probably be oh, a, a worse situation so anyway i think that's a funny um note to end on i've loved this conversation and here i'm not even going to say today that i hope you found a little secret i'm going to say i know hello that you found a little secret for your big breakthrough during this episode thanks again for tuning into today's episode of overcoming monday please be sure to subscribe and share us with your friends also we have an amazing opportunity for you to win some fun prizes At the end of each season, we'll be giving away goodies from today's tips with Elizabeth, as well as items from each of our guests. Make sure to watch Shari's social media for more information on how to enter. Thanks for listening again, and we'll be back with you in just a few weeks. And I promise you don't want to miss what's next.